Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TLGE Network Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Stewart. Thank you so much for being here. Today, you get to hear a conversation I had with Chase Ward. He's a friend that goes back a number of years, and today we get to talk about intimacy and different ways that that word is received, and and we all have a history with that word, and I'm excited that you get to hear Chase's backstory and what he's experienced in life and how he sees that word affecting his future and hopefully our future as we consider the depth of this word. I just want to share a quick testimony that is I called Chase a few days after our conversation and just wanted to share with him some struggles I was having and it was really awesome. I shared just a few things that were going on and his immediate response was, Gordon, I believe that the enemy is trying to steal your joy and peace. It was the first thing he said. And it was amazing because my wife told me at the very beginning of the week that she believed that I had a big test coming for me this week and that the enemy was going to try to steal my joy and peace. And so as soon as Chase echoed those same words that he didn't know my wife shared with me earlier in the week, it confirmed, and I know that you will also hear that Chase is one who walks hand in hand with the Holy Spirit and is a man of God. And I am so excited that you get to hear this conversation. Bless you where you are. We're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor and get into our conversation with Chase Ward. Our sponsor this month is Select Painting. With over a decade of professional experience in the Sioux Empire, voted number one in local best surveys for eight consecutive years, Select Painting is South Dakota's largest painting company. I'm honored to say that while SP continues to impact the lives of their employees and customers as they grow, the company relentlessly aims to deepen their vision of transforming lives, growing in excellence. I have the honor of witnessing the owners, managers, and painters continue to practice the values of family, fun, grit, and growth in a way that changes the atmosphere of every job site they work on. In June, Select Painting is offering a special Painter for a Day package while continuing to give free estimates to residential customers. We want all our customers and employees to know we are doing everything that the CDC has recommended for construction equipment and staff to be sanitized and safe during this COVID season. Select Painting is in the middle of their recruiting season, hiring positions for commercial and residential for the spring, summer, and fall. Thank you again, SP, for all you do to make this podcast a reality. There he is. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. We made it. Yeah, we figured it out. We have uh, a lot to cover here, Chase Ward, and I cannot be more excited to get to spend time with you. Obviously, I think I probably could enjoy it a little bit more if I was face-to-face with you, but I'm going to enjoy it just as much as possible because we are still dealing with some COVID-19 social distancing things, 
we're on the tail end of it, but we're uh, trying to do our best as leaders of our home and, you know, what, 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 what we have is a couple of young kiddos in our homes. So we're doing our best, aren't we? Yep. Yeah. You got to play the cards that you were dealt. So right. doing the best that we can right now. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on the TLG network podcast. I know I've been excited to let our audience hear our conversation. Now I've been looking forward to talking to you now for about two months and, and here we are. I uh, want you to know that we have a few listeners around the uh, world, Ecuador and uh, a few other countries in Europe. And, and so from a man who's spent a considerable amount of time in Kenya, hopefully we can get some Kenyan listeners after this. Praise God. Yeah. Well, I'll get straight to our first topic for today. Uh, So excited to let the, audience uh here just uh how we know each other and uh before we do that just uh kind of catch us up to speed chase on on where you've been in life and and bring us right to where kind of our paths intersect and and connect some dots on you know just a few memories that you have as far as our relationship taking off and uh, obviously no right or wrong answer there but uh just what comes to mind and then i'll connect the dots as well on on our relationship and that'll connect everyone listening to us a little bit better. Yeah, that sounds good. So, um, Chase Ward born and raised in Garrett's in South Dakota. Um, I won't take you all the way through everything. Um, but currently where I'm at now, I'm CEO and founder of Simba educational ministries, nonprofit organization, um, we work with families and children in Kenya um, to um, really, we want them to feel and experience the intimate love of Jesus Christ in a new way. And um, So we're, so I do that. And then I'm a father of a three and a half month old baby named Araya, um, baby girl. And she's the joy of my life. She's amazing. Um, just just love her so much. Um, love being a father. And I'm married to a beautiful wife. Uh, she's from Kenya, um, living here with me in the United States. Her name is Nancy. And uh, we've been married for a little over a year and a half now. Wow, time flies. Yeah, so it's been quite the journey. Um, and how Gordon and I met was originally back in uh, college when we both went to the University of Sioux Falls. I believe that was our first time that we um, came across each other and didn't really, you know, we were just kind of acquaintances. I wouldn't say we were friends by any means. Um, And you were, uh, I think you were an RA in what is Krosky and I was a resident in Burgess, but um, saw you every now and then, but like I said, didn't really know each other until after college. Um, and then we went on a road trip to our good friend, Nate Woodward's wedding. Yeah. And I just remember on the way back, we had really deep conversations, um, 
about what the Lord was doing in our lives. Wow. And I think we're crammed in the back of a minivan. Yes. Um, and we were both in the way, way back. Like there were no seats. I don't even think. <laughs> if I remember right. And we were just sitting there both looking at each other. I don't know why we were in the way back, but that's just what I remember. And we were talking to each other. And then from there, um, our friendship and relationship just continued to grow and grow and grow. And um, you've always been a solid brother in Christ for me that um, I love dearly and can come and talk to about anything and share, um, you know, all my ups and downs and what the Lord is teaching me and what he's revealing. And um, you've always been an encourager in my life. So I, I think that's where I, what I remember um, to bring us up to date. Yes, you nailed it. It's funny you uh, reflect on uh, the car ride, which is what I also recall mainly is the foundation of our friendship. And I actually remember the opposite. I remember on the way there having deep conversations mm. specifically about what God was doing in your life regarding Simba. It wasn't even a, a thing yet. Mm-hmm. It was like very, very fresh. I I was actually a part of, I think you even like starting the logo, some of the original sketches of the logo. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that was, it seems like months, maybe even years later from that car ride. And so it was just very clear to me during that car ride that you knew the Holy Spirit. And Mm. I was still very much learning about the Holy Spirit. And I was very attracted to God in you. Mm. And so that's, that's, that's where I really feel like our friendship took off. I think where it started to really flourish was um, times where we would just share really intimate things of, of things in our, in our relationships with our, with our, with, at least my wife, how, how, how my wife, my relationship with my wife was and in, in your relationships, um, whether it would be, you know, coworkers or whether it would be what was happening in Simba or as you started your relationship with Nancy and just like you brought up the intimacy thing with, uh, just kind of the mission and vision of Kenya. And that really sticks out to me as far as, how I know you Uh is because you've always had that word very close in conversation. Uh And that's a pretty unique and vulnerable word to just like use commonly. Yeah. And it always attracted me because I, I desire authentic intimacy with God and with people. Uh And it seems more and more that that's a hard thing to find in a pure way. Yeah. And so that's, that's the foundation of our friendship from my perspective. I would agree. Awesome. Well, that's how we know each other for all that are listening. And now I want to transition us into getting to know Chase more. He just shared just a little bit and now we get the honor to listen in and, and lean into the things that, uh, have brought him to where he is in life now, but also where he's going 
in the future. And, and so that is the purpose of this time. And then we'll jump into equipping and challenge as we, uh, as we flow naturally. So Chase, you want to start with the kind of maybe an overview, a little bit about, you know, kind of where you see these stories kind of um, aiming towards and at least just give us a few topics just so we can kind of have some clarity about where you're going with these stories. And then, and then you can just start with uh, the first story. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just kind of roll it into one big story to be okay. my own personal testimony, but really want to highlight um, my struggle uh, with depression and suicide. Um, and then how Jesus saved me. Um and then move into how um, I told him that I would serve him anywhere and which led me into international mission work over in Kenya um, and then to the starting of Simba and maybe share a few really intimate testimonies that the Lord has just done through Simba. Um, and yeah, so that that intimate word is definitely something that's always been on my heart and it's really just how it shaped my relationship with the Lord. Um, and so that's why it's so near and dear to my heart. Um, I'll explain that in my testimony. So I'll just start off. Uh, it was really back in high school when, you know, I was a 4.0 student, you know, top of my class, a valedictorian. Um, and I don't do, say this stuff to brag about myself, but rather I'd place my identity in all these things. So um, I, I got a college scholarship to run cross country and track at the university of Sioux Falls. Um, I was, you know, really, really good runner. Um, had a girlfriend at the time that I'd placed my identity in, uh, in that relationship and in my academics and in my, um, in, in my sports career and, and really like, that's where all my hope, like that's where my future was built on. You know, I was ready to marry this girl. I was thinking uh, I'll use my academics and go and be a medical doctor. Um, so I was going to major in biology and chemistry in college. And then, um, you know, obviously go and run um, at the university as well. So I, I grew up, you know, my parents, you know, grew up in the church, but didn't really have a relationship with God. I mean, it was, I had a lot of knowledge about who he was, um, a lot of head knowledge, you know, I could tell you scripture, I could, um, you know, um, tell you where different Bible, uh, you know, passages are, or, you know, different books of the Bible, but I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord at that time. So I got got to college, um, you know, I had a really good summer training, got there, had a good, re good race, you know, first race. And, uh, um, you know, in college, you have all these new freedoms, you know, you have time management, you can do whatever you want with your time, you can, you know, play video games, you can do this, you can do that. Um, you know, just ha had all these freedoms. And, uh, had, went to the first cross country race and did really well. I think I was like the third or fourth person on our team. A uh, couple of the older guys were excited about how I performed and 
Um, they said, hey, uh, tonight or this weekend, we got this uh, um, party that's going. Do you want to go to it? I never drank in, in high school, never partied, nothing. Um, and I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be a part of um, – I wanted to feel accepted into this new environment, you know, with, with new people that I thought were looking up to me um, or looking at me to, to respond in a certain way. And so I said, yeah, let's go. And so I started, started drinking. Um, and that was really the first time in my life. Um, you know, I really wanted to party all the time and just, um, I felt enjoyment. I felt, you know, like accepted by these people and, um, you know, I'd party all the time and drink and it, it got to the point where, um, I, I ended up becoming, you know, I would call myself an alcoholic to the point of going to, to classes drunk. Um, my parents would call me and say, Hey, we're going to church on Sunday. We're going to pick you up. Well, I remember going vividly going to church, still, still drunk the next morning, swaying to worship music. And, um, my mom called me out on it after church. She said, you know, I know your dad probably doesn't know this, but I could smell the alcohol in your breath still this morning. Are you out, you know, drinking? And I was like, no, no, I just had a one or two still in denial. Um, and, you know, I was underage still at this time, uh, going out and partying and drinking, and um, mm. and it wasn't till my till my sophomore year where I had to have everything stripped from me, um, all those things that I placed my identity in, completely stripped away, um, to the brought to my to the, brought to my knees in just in total surrender. And it was uh, April 16th. I still remember the the night very, very clearly. Um, my girlfriend that I thought I was going to you know, marry broke up with me uh, April 16th. My birthday is April 17th. It was right before my 21st birthday. So this was nine years ago. Um, and she broke up with me. And I was like, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I... Uh, I just, I had put all my hope in that relationship and I just failed a test. I think the day before or something and I was injured in cross country, so I couldn't run. And so like everything was just being stripped out of my life that, like I said, I put my identity in. So April 16th, it was like here in South Dakota, it's, you know, sometimes it's snowing. Um, well that night it was sleeting slash snowing. And it was really, really cold. And um, someone just said this comment to me. And it was um, it was just like they were making a joke, but it just set me off. Um, I, I couldn't think straight anymore. And I, that night I said, I'm going to end my own life. I'm going to kill myself. So I called my parents and I said, hey, uh, I'm going to kill myself. I don't think I don't want to be here. I don't want to live anymore. Um I don't have anything to live for. And they're like, what? Like, no, no, no. And then I hung up the phone and my parents were, were frantically calling my friends, calling my roommates at the time, asking like, where's Chase? Where's Chase? 
and I decided to walk, uh, walk down the road, um, about uh, a mile, two miles. I was just walking and thinking and like praying and debating, you know, should I, you know, God, are you even there? You know, save me type thing. Or, um, it was just a weird, weird place to, to be in. Um, cause I didn't really know God, but I, was, I just kept walking and I wanted to jump off the bridge and into this cold freezing water, the big Sioux. I was like, well, that's not going to kill me. So let me keep walking. And by the time I got to by Barnes and Noble, um, I could keep going straight and I was going to jump off the interstate bridge there, or I could turn and go to Walmart. Um, and so I don't know what made me turn. Um, I can't really explain it, but I turned, went to Walmart and sat down on the bench in Walmart and just began to weep. And I called my parents and I said, um, I need you to come pick me up. I'm not doing so good. So they drove in, they took me to the hospital at the hospital. They thought I was on drugs. They thought I was on everything. I just wasn't in the right mindset. Like I couldn't think clearly anything. And I was just getting wow. so angry and so frustrated. Like I couldn't, it wasn't even me. Like normally if you knew me, like I have this bubbly personality, funny, you know, smiling, but that night it was just, it was, it wasn't me. It was so weird. And so um, the hospital said we can do two things. You can go to behavioral health hospital and spend the night there um, voluntarily, or we can admit you. And so I said, well, I'll go, you know, voluntarily. And um, I was actually handcuffed in the back of a cop car, though, because I was so violent and so frantic. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew if I didn't go voluntarily, then I would have to stay there longer. So I went and, uh, stayed in the behavioral health hospital on my 21st birthday. So most people are like, what'd you do on your 21st? Oh, I went out for drinks or shots. Well, no, I, I spent, uh, my 21st in uh, behavioral health hospital, which is, um, where people have struggle with mental illness. They go there. And, um, so I was in there. And, uh, I remember two days later, my coach at the time, um, came and he brought me a Dairy Queen blizzard, which was awesome. That was one of my favorite things back in the day. And, um, the other thing that he brought me was a Bible and he said, Chase, I don't have all the answers in life, but what I do know is that this, the word of God is life. And I remember that night I opened up and read the Bible and I got down on my knees and I said, God, I need you to save me. I need you. I don't want anything else in life, but I need you. And I surrendered my life to the Lord that night and gave him full, full control over my life. Um, and fr from that day, I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'll serve you and I'll do whatever you're calling me to do. Now, it didn't get like perfectly better. 
Like I, I still struggled a little bit with drinking and things like that. Um, after I had given my life to the Lord, I wasn't surrounded by the right type of people. Um, I wasn't, um, you know, mature. I still needed to mature in my walk. It wasn't like an instantaneous thing. And the thoughts of uh, suicide and depression, I still have times that I struggle with those um, even to this day. But now um, I have a hope and foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a future. Um, And so I can take those thoughts captive. And I know that the Lord has a plan for me. Um, And so I think there's just, there's a difference between not knowing the Lord and and not like having that hope and not having um, the word of God to lean on and to, to rely on and, um, to go back to and then someone who doesn't or so, someone who does know um, Jesus as their Lord and Savior they they have um, the Lord they have the Prince of Peace to call upon um, and talk to and um, and they can do that you know if, if they're not saved too but it's just uh, you you know those promises and those truths when when you're when you've given your life to the Lord and and have grown in that and so after that I uh, graduated college um, majored in biology and chemistry graduated I was going to go to med school um, started working in the hospital and uh, just to get some hospital experience and see if this is really something I want to do and during that time I was going on mission trips. Cause I, I told the Lord, I said, I'll serve you wherever you want me to go. So all these different mission trips popped up. And, um, and when I was a senior in high school, I just really felt called to go to Africa, but you know, I, I wanted to do doctors without borders and I thought that was going to be my calling. So I went, um, and you know, just started going on different mission trips. And when I was working in the hospital, um, I had a lady approach me and she said, you know, how did, how did you fundraise to go on these trips? What did you do? And then she told me, Hey, like my mom runs and owns the school over in Kenya. Would you, you know, want to go over there, see how you can serve? And I, you know, I was thinking, wow, Kenya's in Africa. And I knew that Kenya was good at distance running because like, that's what I was a runner back in the day. So like, those are the only two things I really knew about, uh, Kenya. And, uh, I told her, I was like, yeah, sounds like an amazing opportunity. Let me pray on it. And so, um, as I was praying, uh, well, before that, she's like, they really need this dining hall built. Um, cause they were just eating on wooden benches, benches at the time underneath some trees, um, at this school. And, uh, she's, she's like, they need this dining hall built. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is like the right thing for me because I'm not an architect and I, you know, just coming out of college, like I don't have the money to build anything. Um, but let me pray on it. So as I was praying on it, and this was after uh, a long time of just, you know, growing in my faith, maturing, you know, about three years um, of just growing and maturing. And at the time I was going through a men's group Um and the Lord was just play, placing intimacy with him on my heart during that time. And just to deepen that relationship with him and, and um, 
I just really felt a deepening of the Holy Spirit during that time as well. And so just to listen, to trust him. So as, as I was listening and praying about this opportunity, I felt the Lord tell me, you've been praying for five years to go to Africa, you know, all the way since high school, or I've placed this calling on your heart. Don't deny this opportunity that I've given you. I'll give you the tools and resources to accomplish your mission. So three months later, I was on a plane to Kenya, not knowing anyone or anything over there about it. And uh, just went over there, fell in love with the school, fell in love with the place, um, fell in love with the culture and the kids. And um, it was just an amazing, amazing place. Um, And the Lord still was just placing the intimacy of his heart and of his love um, on my life. And they were sponsoring, the school was sponsoring one kid a year. And I said, do you want, like, do you want to expand that, that program? Or like, um, do you want to sponsor more kids? And the director of the school is like, my heart and desire is that these kids that aren't going to school, that they would get an education as well here at this school. And so then, you know, just thinking more and more on it, um, we decided to sponsor 20 kids that first year. And then as I was leaving, they handed me this blueprint for this dining hall. And I, I did the estimated cost and it was going to be $90,000. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like how many bake sales do I have to do in the United States to, (laughs) you know, to, to raise this money. And, you know, I'm putting God in a box thinking like how I have to do it myself. And, uh, Really, it was just, um, I had to surrender that. And I remember the day I had spoke at my lo- a local coffee shop in, in Gerritsen, and a lady approached me afterwards, and she said, hey, I think you should meet with my husband. Um, he'd be interested in this building project. And I said, okay, um, well, can we set up a meeting? And we set up a meeting April 1st, which is April Fool's Day. Don't ever have a meeting on that day, but... Um, had the meeting and uh, showed him the blueprints and showed him the estimated cost. And he said, uh, Chase, I'd like to build this whole thing for you. And he was ready to write a $90,000 check. And I was like, you know, I was like, what? April Fool's? And he's like, no, like, I'm serious. Um, and so the Lord just provided in an instant. Um, so I go back to what he spoke about, you know, he was going to provide the tools and resources to accomplish this mission. And he, he's always been the provider in this ministry time and time again, we've seen financial blessings come in um, where I just, I can't even explain um, other than the Lord and him opening those financial blessings in, um, in his timing. And he really protects us in that. Sometimes, you know, it's like, it'd be nice to have a million dollar check, but I don't know if I know, would know what to do with a million dollars. Like it, it might do more harm than good in the ministry. And so he, he opens up those financial blessings in his timing and um, he's just been so, so good, so faithful. Um, and not, not just with the financial side of it. We've, we've also seen, um, you know, lives being transformed um, people's prayers being answered in in Kenya. So one, there's a couple stories or testimonies that I'll share, but one of them was um, a girl in the sponsorship program. She would go home 
from this this Christian um, school that she was being sponsored to. And she would go home and she would lead prayer and devotion um, to her family every night before dinner. And her mom and dad and siblings all gave their life to the Lord um, by her bringing back the gospel and bringing back the truth um, to their home. And so, the, I mean, it's just encouraging to see how the sponsorship and these kids are being transformed. And then they even bring it to their homes and homes are being transformed. We had another lady, she was praying. Um, she was on her last bag of porridge. And this was just recently with the response to the coronavirus. She was praying for, um, she didn't know how she was going to feed her grandchildren. She was on her last bag of porridge. And we did a relief package, food relief response package. And um, our Simba team showed up that day with a package of food that would feed that family for 30 days. Wow. And she just began to weep. I mean, this is an old older grandma and she's just weeping on this bench. And she's like, and the director over there was like, what, you know, what's going on? Like, why are you crying? Like, is everything okay? She's like, I was praying to God before you guys came that he would provide I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew that he would provide food for our family. And it, it was just, I mean, there's just so many testimonies I could go on and on. We had a guy that had a, a bone protruding out, out of his knee uh, in our medical team or our medical camp. And uh, it, it wasn't like a, like broken out of the skin or flesh or anything, but it's just like a, like a knob, a piece of bone on the knee. Um, yeah. And my dad, he's a chiropractor. And so he was, the guy kept complaining of knee pain. And my dad's like, I did everything that I can. Can I pray for you? And he began to pray. And the translator, there was a translator in there with him, in with my dad in the room. And she was translating all this to the guy. And when my dad lifted his hand off the guy's knee, the the piece of bone was gone and and the wow. translator she couldn't even like she couldn't even translate anymore like her her mouth dropped and she just began to cry and weep and she was like i've never seen something like that before only by the healing power of god like is that possible and uh wow so it's just like, I love getting and being able to share these testimonies. Um, but the, the, you know, I guess for me, the most amazing thing in life that I can say is like how God took someone like myself who was so, so much in sin, so much wrapped up in this lifestyle of partying and drinking and um, depression and suicidal thoughts. And he used me, um, to grow this beautiful ministry that is, is glorifying him that, that people are, are learning about his intimate love. Um, and so that, I mean, that's just been the most encouraging thing for me is that God, God uses, I, I mean, we read about it in the word of God. So it's no surprise time and time again. Um, he knows the heart of each person and he uses you know, the people in just such amazing ways that you would have never thought um, God would use them. So 
those are the the story time. Yeah, some encouraging stuff. Um, hopefully, for people out there struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, um, just know that the Lord loves you. Um, that he he has big big plans for you. So just surrender it all mm-hmm. to him. Receive his peace. Receive his joy. Um, come in alignment with his identity for you. Um, mm. That he's calling you a son and daughter. That he has a plan for you. Um, that he he's he's a good father. That he wants the best for you. That he is the prince of peace, and that he can give that to you. And that you have control to take over these thoughts. Um, and surrender them to the Lord and give them to him. And he hears those, he hears those prayers. Um, yeah. Chase, I feel prompted just to invite all of us just to like declare freedom Mm -hmm. and victory and purity. Yes. Will you lead us through that? And, and for those who are listening, who are very stirred right now, will you, will you help us just pray with a, a, a declaration in our spirit? Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, if there's anybody that's struggling with the past, like past sins or current sins, or, you know, struggling with masturbation, pornography, alcohol, um, depression, suicide, you know, whatever it is, all these different thoughts um, that that aren't glorifying God, that are, are tearing you down, that um, I, I just declare freedom over that, that Jesus died, he covered all those sins, he, he stripped all those sins away with his blood. His sacrifice is enough, and we need to believe that he died for each one of us um, because he loves us so much. He doesn't want us to dwell in the past. He doesn't want us to dwell on those things. Um, but he, he calls us more than conquerors. There's a freedom in our surrendering and giving all right. of that to him. There's freedom right. in him. He gives us freedom. He breaks all right. those chains Um. In Jesus' name, in his name, he breaks all those chains and he, he covers each one of us with righteous, righteousness. And so yeah. God sees us as that and we need to start seeing ourselves as that. Right. You know, God does not see us as, you know, the alcoholic, the, um, you know, the depressed, any of that stuff. He doesn't see us as that. He sees us as his sons and daughters, and we need to start stepping out in this boldness, in this in this new season of um, yeah. freedom, um, to walk in that, that freedom, knowing that, that Jesus has covered us um, and has taken away all that, taken away yes. any lie that the enemy has tried to speak over your life. Maybe, maybe right. the enemy's tried to tell you that you're dumb that you're, you're fat, that you're not, you're not good enough. Um, I remember those were some of the the lies that the enemy spoke to me a long time ago in middle school. And, um, and the Lord does not see us as that. Right. You know, um, those are not his thoughts. And so just to bring 
bring the, the biblical truth, bring, bring back um, the affirmations of the Lord, bring back, you know, what he's speaking into your life, that he loves you so much that there is freedom, that there is peace, that you are intelligent, that you are strong, that you are a leader um, to right. take these thoughts, these negative thoughts captive, surrendering them to him, that God loves you forever. And there's nothing that will change that. Right. No, nor height, nor right. depth, nor anything can separate us right. from the love of God. And just to, right. to, to be in that, to rest in that love, um, to rest in that truth. Um, but really to, to come out with more of these biblical truths that talk about that. And, and to really mm-hmm. recite these affirmations e- each and right. every day. Um, or when the enemy is even just trying to speak those lies to us, um, right? Just recent that we have an yeah, answer. Just recently, like I was struggling with you know some. Uh, it was about two or three weeks ago, and all this Corona stuff was going on. I was just trying to figure out how how are we going to lead the how am I going to lead the ministry? And I was just struggling. I was in a deep, deep depression. Wow! I didn't want to be a husband i didn't want to be a father i didn't want to lead a ministry hmm. and i was struggling with this and thinking of that and i had to reach out i reached out to different prayer warriors in my life people that um you know i can i can talk to about these things and they speak truth into my life and pray over um, those situations um yeah. but literally when you're in that time like you you want to lay in bed and you feel paralyzed. Like you, you can't move. You can't do anything. Like there's no motivation to move forward. And I, I just said enough is enough. Like I need to take this captive. I need to take these thoughts and say, no, this isn't of God. This is of the enemy, but I know what God has planned for me. God, God, wants to motivate me god motivates me he gives me work he gives me encouragement and these other thoughts aren't of him and so i really like i had to take these you know and it was i think it was just a lot of people praying but had to take them captive and say no like i'm not gonna dwell in this i'm not gonna sit in this i'm not gonna you know um wallow in this but god has given me peace and I just had to to accept a lot of those truths. I had to uproot a lot of different things. So I had to do self-reflection. Um, there wow. was some comparison going on in my life. Um, so I, the Lord yeah. just really uprooted that out of my heart. Um, there was a lack of being content. And so the Lord uprooted that out of my heart. I just wasn't content. And so it wasn't caught. It was, it was causing... Um, unsettledness and there wasn't a peace with that and then the comparison um i wasn't Mm -hmm. resting in who god made me and my identity and so there was this unsettledness and um there was you know again there was a lack of peace and so how does you know how do you get back to that um by declaring the prince of peace by inviting him into your life by allowing him to speak who you are in identity um, and remove those comparison thoughts and, and to right. walk boldly with what he's called you to do and who he, he calls you. And then um, with the contentness, I had to get back to a, st- uh, a state of thankfulness 
So being thankful time and time, time and time again, and just going back to like a daily um, acknowledging who God is and, and just being thankful for what he's done in my life. And uh, it just brings this with, so in this state of thankfulness, the byproduct is peace. Um, So peace comes out of this thankfulness. Yes. Yes. My wife and I were talking last night. uh, I listened to a sermon yesterday and and they, and they actually separated thankfulness and rejoicing. Mm. And they said, you, you are thankful. The action is rejoicing. Mm -hmm. And so it's very, very challenging to act rejoicing if you are not thankful. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and that sounds exactly what you're talking about. And 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 you've broken through it, and you've and you and you've walked in a lot of victory in the last three weeks. Yep. Yeah. Since then, the Lord has just really—I mean—he's downloaded a lot of cool revelations and things to him. Um, just allowing this freedom to come alive. Uh, it's really awakened my spirit, awakened my soul um, in a lot of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I've experienced that as your, as your friend, you know, obviously from a distance still with, with all the social distancing, but uh, you know, we, we have on our radar being able to meet back in person on a weekly basis. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, I just want to jump into uh, really digging into that word intimacy, Chase. Mm. I feel like that's really the, the spiritual and practical tool that we can connect all these subjects to. And, and I think uh, the challenge will naturally flow once we've connected some of those dots. So do you want to start kind of unpacking or, 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 or diving into that word a little bit? Do you want me to start and just kind of give some of our thoughts on on really how how can we go from you know zero on the intimacy scale Mm -hmm. to to the pursuit of fullness Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i can i can start a little bit with some of my thoughts on it so i would just go and say i'd start off with you know kind of an analogy like this if i were if i had a friend um you know that lived a hundred miles away. I didn't hardly get to see him. So I, I just get the video call and, and just get to talk to him on the phone. So if I call them once a year, twice a year, I'm not really, I mean, my relationship with them isn't going to be very good. I, you know, I'm going to know maybe what's going on for just a little bit of time. Now, if I were to call that friend and spend an hour, two hours every single day calling that friend. Yeah. My relationship is going to be totally different from the two times a year calling as opposed to calling that friend every single day. Yes. I'm going to know exactly what happened in that day. I'm going to know, you know, how they're feeling, what went on, you know, what is their, what does the future days look like? All of these things that friend is going to reveal a lot of that stuff with me. And I think that really comes down to what, you know, intimacy is there. There's a time factor. Um, 
that's a big component of intimacy. Right. And I think, um, so spending a lot of time with the Lord, but then the flip side of that too is intentionality. I think there's a, you know, time and intentionality go hand in hand and produce, um, a greater intimacy. So to unpack intentionality a little bit, it'd be like saying now if I'm talking to that friend every single day, but yet I let my mind wander or I'm watching TV while I'm talking to that friend, or I'm on social media and talking to that friend again, or, you know, I'm cooking or whatever it is. And I'm distracted by all these other things, but I'm not listening intently to my friend, my relationship might be equivalent to only talking to my friend for two times a year. Um, if I'm not being intentional every single day when I'm talking to that friend, does that make sense? Yeah, totally does. So I think time, you know, is a, is a big key, um, and intentionality with that time. Um, I know some people that can spend 20 minutes, but if they spend 20 minutes and they're fully diving in and very, very intentional with those 20 minutes, they can do a lot with that 20 minutes. Um, might be able to do the same amount of, you know, work that someone did in three, four hours, but because that person wasn't intentional with that time. So I think that really produces, um, an intimacy, um, spending time in, in the word, praying, worshiping, um, journaling. I think those are all things that increase, um, that, that intimacy, um, with the Lord. And really, you know, one thing that I I need to work on better is, is getting into the word because, you know, that unpacks a lot of, you know, who God is, his truths, you know, um, background stories, history, all of that stuff, um, is in there. So I think those are for, for intimacy, like for me that those are two big things, time and um, intentionality. And those are some ways to increase um, that intimacy is that time in prayer, time in the word, Mm -hmm. um, time in worship, time journaling, um, you know, time just talking to the Lord too. So, so good. I'm going to add to and compliment what you're saying with uh, this short reading. And um, it's from uh, Wikipedia, actually. So pretty simple, pretty easy to find. But I typed in the Song of Songs. Mm -hmm. And so this is a secular publishing, right? And here's what a secular writer would say about the Song of Songs. It's unique in the Hebrew Bible. It shows no interest in law or covenant or the God of Israel, nor does it teach or explore wisdom like Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. Although it does have some affiliations to wisdom literature. As the ascription to Solomon, uh, it celebrates sexual love, giving the voices of two lovers, praising each other, yearning for each other, and has an invitation to enjoy each other the two are in harmony each desiring the other and rejoicing in sexual intimacy the women of jerusalem 
form a chorus to the lovers, functioning as an audience whose participation in the lovers' erotic encounters facilitates the participation of the reader. In modern Judaism, the songs, the song is read on the Sabbath during the Passover, which marks the beginning of the grain harvest, as well as commemorating the exodus from Egypt. Jewish tradition reads it as an allegory of the relationship between God and Israel, Christianity as an allegory of Christ and his bride, the church. And so when I think about the word intimacy, this is the book in the Bible that just explodes in my heart towards this topic. And specifically, if I were to get even a little bit deeper, this secular writer focuses on the sexual intimacy mm-hmm. where I would argue it. It's really that in itself is, is a lot of poetry and a lot of, a, a lot of metaphor for what God really wants us to understand. I think, I think that it does have to do with sexual intimacy, but I think the, the word that he wants us to know is mm-hmm. intimacy he wanted to introduce the human heart to his thoughts on intimacy. And, and so those are some of the foundational scriptures and, and some of the foundational themes that I think about in, in a combination with what you said. They're not mm-hmm. separate. I think having time and authenticity like you said, is is absolutely vital. Were those the two you said? Time, intentionality, but I mean, yeah, you can couple it with the yeah. authenticity too. Yeah, yeah. I think I think those are the practical, uh, very much the practical of like, okay, how do we do mm-hmm. intimacy? So, as far as the, I mean, that's that's what I would want to say. I think I could probably. Um, go on some other um, paths as far as you know my 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 experience but as far as just a foundation that's what I would want to share with someone to really help them have a healthy understanding towards intimacy yeah I I think you know you you secularly like if you in a world perspective when someone says the word intimacy the you know the first thing that probably jumps out to them is sexual intimacy but again, like yeah. the world, the world doesn't, as Christians, we define, you know, even sex as something different than what the world does. Um, I would yeah. say that, you know, where two become one um, in, you know, the act of sex, like there's a lot that is packed in there that the world doesn't even, you know, even think about, Um Right, but that's more for a worldly pleasure, and um, whereas like the intimacy, you know, that I want people to really think about when that when they hear that word is, you know, the whole being, like how like mind, body, spirit, everything um, connecting with God. Um, right, it's not just you know one area or one part. But when right. you talk about an intimate right. relationship, it's literally every single part, good, bad, like every thought, every, um, everything that's going on 
it has yeah. to be this open um, door uh, really for the Lord to come into your life. And you can't just pick and choose one room or the other to let the Lord into, but it's the whole, whole house. If you want to, you know, get, get that visual picture um, right. that the Lord can come in and, and see every single you know room and you explain everything about your house and you talk to, you know, the Lord about every single thing. Now it's like, you know, everything about, about that house, you know? Right. Um, and I, I think that again, just paints a, a beautiful picture of intimacy. Like mm-hmm. even like in our, in our relationships or in our friendships, it's like, if someone invites you to their house and you walk in the door and all you get to see is the kitchen and living room, do you know much about their house? Not really. No. You, you do you know much about their life? Like in general, like if you can't see their full house, but right. if they, you know, go through and explain like, Hey, this is our bedroom. This is, you know, our bathroom, this is, um, you know, the books that I'm reading right now, you know, all of these things, you're going to know me a lot better based on just allowing, you know, me, me being open, you know, with everything. And I think that openness also increases that intimate relationship. So good. And I think there's so so many people that, are a lot a lot of us we close ourselves off to god right we, we only allow god into certain parts of our our lives when really like he knows everything yeah. um right but we we in our own minds think like oh you know i'm gonna let i'm gonna let god have this but i'm not gonna let him have this and really mm-hmm. it's that openness also that that increases that intimacy um and really that, that surrender, like surrendering to the Lord also, I think, increases that intimacy. Man, you're, you're nailing, you're nailing it right now. Specifically what I would um, add is, and I, and I think I'm going into uh, what I'll probably go into a challenge in a moment. But uh, when I hear you say that, I think of getting feedback. So if I were to give you a tour of my mm-hmm. house, not only would it be awesome if you saw every room in my house, but what if I told you all the things I do in each mm-hmm. room? And then even one step further, what if I asked you for what your thoughts were? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, what's your feedback on how I use this mm-hmm. room? What's your feedback on what I do in this room? And imagine asking a friend that or asking a you know a parent that like this is what i do with my budget what do you think about Mm -hmm. that this is what i do you know with my kids what do you think about that like and obviously adding your parents to to anything adds a whole layer of you know (laughs) intimacy you know for some good for others really Mm -hmm. hard so not everyone's going to connect with you know getting your parents involved but i think the point is, is getting God involved. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's saying, God, what do you think about the way I talk to my wife when no one's mm-hmm. around? 
What do you think about the way that I handle my kids when I'm stressed? How do you feel about how I use my money when I have a lot? And just asking God what he thinks, how he feels, and having the faith, the belief, and the boldness to get his feedback. Mm -hmm. And then to know God enough to know that he's not going to be condemning, but he's going to speak in the most loving tone you've ever imagined in your whole life. And he is going to, he's going to touch the things that, that he knows you can handle. He won't, he won't, he'll always leave a way out of even the hardest situations. Like he won't, tempt you beyond what you can handle he won't do something that he won't help you get Mm -hmm. through so he's going to touch very specific things and it's going to be a very still small voice it'll be a very small whisper most of the time and he'll ask you like will you let me talk to you about Mm -hmm. this will you let me help you in this Will you give this to me? Mm-hmm. And that's just been my experience. Yeah. And it's not easy. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I think I think there's a bunch of different ways that the Lord can reveal, you know, himself to us and speak to us and you know, in a small whisper or in a burning bush or in a tonk talking donkey right. or whatever it is, you know, he's God. So he can literally do you know, and speak to us in whatever way he wants to. Um, But one truth that I really want to point out that you said was that it's not condemning. You know, God doesn't condemn us. Um, So if if it is a voice of condemnation, like that's not the voice of God. Um, Right. Now, now if there's a voice of conviction, I think, you know, then there, then you know that that's the Lord. Um, and I would, you know, just embrace that. I think the word conviction, like a lot of people have a negative connotation to it. And so they're thinking already negatively about that word, but what if we embrace some of these words? That was, that was one thing I was thinking about the other day. We have to redefine some of the words in our society and look at them Mm -hmm. from a Christian lens, um, because you know, we're, we're looking at some of these words and we're thinking negatively on it. And really like a conviction should be a really good thing in our lives because the Lord is removing these impurities about us and bringing us, you know, in a deeper relationship and bringing him closer to, to him in, in all of that. Um, and purifying us like for our benefit, for our good. You know, I think it's just, it's so good. Like when he does that, I think about, you know, the pruning of the branches. Like if you think about a grapevine and literally they have to cut back all these branches and in someone could look at that and be like, man, they're, they're going to kill that, that vine. They're going to kill the, there's going to be no grapes produced from that, that vine. They just literally cut it down to nothing. But yeah. in reality, what happens is there's a there's a greater 
bountiful harvest because you can focus better on what's the most important thing. And so the fruit that comes off of those branches that the, the, the vine is allowed to focus on is good fruit is better fruit. Um, so to think about that in in our own lives, um, I think I got sidetracked there a little bit, but that's good. Let's just flow right into challenge. We have, uh, we have a lot of, of things flowing around intimacy and, and, and I, and I liked what you said about like redefining words Mm -hmm. and, and, and so the idea of redefining conviction is a huge word that I think needs redefined. Yeah. But we'll just take a moment here and just let the Holy Spirit bring clarity to our hearts regarding our conversation. It's been amazing. We've traveled a lot. Just want to thank you before we go any further. Thank you so much for being vulnerable, for for letting us hear the highs and lows of your soul that is so beautiful and this is why you are just a a beautiful brother for all of us to learn from and why i knew you would be a, a great guest is because these are the type of conversations we have as friends you know when when we're not recording mm-hmm. anything and I knew that, that God would, would bring us to this place mm-hmm. for others to hear and be encouraged. And so before we go into this challenge section, you know, I, I want to make it clear. It's, this is not a time to be uh, condemned. This is not a time to feel discouraged. This, this, this idea of being challenged, also kind of redefining that word. This is a time to understand that both Chase and I we're going to be here mm-hmm. for you. We're here for each other. You know, when we're not recording, you know, in daily life, we're one text away, one phone call away. And that's how I want it to be for our listeners. You know, that they can send you a direct message and meet with you. And, and they know that you're genuinely in this to see people thrive. Mm-hmm. And so, that that's how we start our, our challenge section is with everyone being on the same page there. So with that being said, do you sense the Holy Spirit highlighting anything specific that you want to look back on our conversation and and specifically in our equipping and in in intimacy discussion and and inviting us to consider this week and uh not just this week but for our life we all we all have a a relatively short amount of Mm -hmm. time to really apply the things that we're learning and 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 see things change Mm -hmm. yeah for me i think it's just highlighting um thoughts and words like those are the two two things that are just sticking out to me right now, um, right? And challenging people to think on 
the heavenly things, on the kingdom things, to think on the biblical truths, to remember the promises of God. You know, when it talks about in scripture to meditate on these things or to meditate on the scripture, it's really that thinking, that process of, or to have it written on our, um, written on our, uh, our arms or where tablets of our heart. Um, so like that in my mind is like to constantly have it there. Um, and just the challenge would be to constantly think about God. Wow. Like what would it look like in every single aspect of our lives? We're constantly just thinking and talking and asking God, like just like he's there with us every step of the way that he is, you know, that, like I said, that intimate, that intimacy, there's a time aspect of it. And what, what if God was there and he is like, he, he lives in each side of us. Like we have the Holy spirit living in us. So God is inside of us. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior, God is with us all the time. Yes. But you know, we, do we actively engage with God? Um, and he's there. So, you know, we should be at all times. But like I said, if you're in conversation with someone every single day, your intimacy level goes up with with that person a lot more than once or twice a year. Yeah. Um, So that's where I go back to the thoughts and um, just thinking about God, talking about God, asking God, but then just really my challenge would be to, to, sit down and look up biblical truth, biblical scripture, talking about who am I, who am I in relationship with God? Um, who, like, how does God view me and get these, get this, these affirmations down on paper and start like saying those out loud in the mirror, um, to yourself. So there's a thought, and that's why I said thought and word, um, because the thoughts, you know, being verbally spoken out, um, there's power behind that. And so really just writing these things down that are biblical truth. And so I challenge people to look up scripture, look up the, the affirmations, um, that we are free from, from our sins, that we um, are a son or daughter of God, that he is the Prince of peace. Like these, whatever, you know, whatever you're struggling with or whatever, um, whatever area you, you need truth. Like if there's a lie and you need biblical truth, go and find in scripture. So I challenge you, go find it, write them down. And then start talking about those or saying those out loud on a daily basis. I think that that's going to be so yeah. powerful in, in people's lives is just to, to say those affirmations out loud um, so that when those thoughts come cap, uh, you know, the negative thoughts come, uh, they can take those thoughts captive and speak biblical truth yes. over it. 
and and really I think that just continues to create a deeper intimacy because you're constantly talking about God and professing what you know he was he was telling you that he's telling you in the biblical truth. Yes. So good. I'll connect the dots there because I have I have two scripture ideas just really clear in my in my mm-hmm. heart right now and the first one a lot of people know uh first john three sixteen, right or, or i think it's i think that's first john right it's not john it, it's just, yeah it's john three sixteen. it is john three sixteen. well uh next to that verse i would say this verse has been one of the clearest to my soul in understanding god and that is uh, Philippians 4, verse 4 through 9. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to just repeat that scripture over and over and over again until I can actually start speaking true things because it's one thing just to repeat scripture it's an entirely different thing to actually be thankful for the right things and to actually start applying and engaging my heart in my own life Mm -hmm. and so hopefully that makes sense I don't want to I don't want to go too much into that but the last thing I want to share briefly is, is out of Acts chapter 1, and, and it's the idea of when Jesus ascended into heaven, right before um, that, many people kind of miss this, and I, I've missed this in various times, before he ascended into heaven, he walked on the earth for 40 mm-hmm. days visiting the disciples. And it's, it's in Acts 1, starting in verse 7. And the, the, the actual title of this section right here is, called, is actually the ascension. But in verse 7, he says, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy spirit has come upon you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And he commands them to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. And that's a huge part of the story that I think often gets overlooked. Even great preachers and teachers in the church, they'll talk about go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. But they don't first say, go and wait for the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to come upon you, to seize you with power for the rest of your life. You have an intimate friend mm-hmm. closer than a brother who is going to be with you and you are never alone. So good. And so my challenge to those who are listening, I prefer my brother's Chase's words, <clears throat> excuse me, over my own. I prefer my brother's Chase's words over my own. But if what I just said, technically those are Jesus' words. So they're not even my words. I hope that you know that that God wants to be closer than anyone in your life Mm -hmm. and that's okay that you don't need to be scared Mm -hmm. by that you don't need to be embarrassed by the details of your life that aren't Mm -hmm. perfect the messiness god loves messy and he specifically loves you in i and everyone and he loves to see people grow Mm -hmm. and so just an invitation my challenge is 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 really i don't know if i don't know if it's possible to connect those two but invite god afresh into your life if you've been even a christian your whole life kind of like chase talked about but you've never waited on the Holy Spirit to come Mm -hmm. upon you, I would encourage that to be the next steps in your faith walk. You know, that could be a a small example of God. I'm going to, I'm going to get up 30 minutes early before I have to, to still be on schedule for all my things, but I'm going to get up, 30 minutes early every day until I know the Holy Spirit. And I just believe God would be moved so much Mm -hmm. by that. His heart for that type of, that type of desire, the God of the universe, his heart just, leaps and and moves so much by someone giving him that type of attention. And once you have the Holy Spirit, as Chase and I both can attest, it doesn't always mean everything gets easier. There can still be very hard seasons 
but the 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 opportunity is always to grow in intimacy and friendship and relationship with God and mm-hmm. people. So that would be my invitation. Chase, would you want to add anything or simplify that in any way? No, I think that sounds really good. I love the scripture that you brought and how you brought that to life. So that was really good. Appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I, I want to conclude with uh, just a few fun things. We've, we've, we've prayed, we've declared things in this talk. We have, we have really got to hear just a little bit of your heart. There's so much more. And, and I, and I hope in the future we can do another episode and, and get an update on, really what it's like to be a dad and, 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 and once you have some more time in, in, uh, in Kenya to be able to talk to you about what's going on in mm-hmm. Kenya. And, and so uh, I, this will not be the last time we get to hear yeah, from you. Thank you so much for having me on and just pray that it encourages someone. I pray that uh, yeah. the Lord would be glorified in this and that uh more people would know about who he is and how he loves each one of them and just grow in a deeper intimate love with him and deeper relationship. Um, so yeah. And I'm, I would love to come back on. This was fun. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for doing this. And Yes. You're welcome. Before, before we let you go, any things that come to mind that have just been inspiring you for for fun, whether they're hobbies, whether they are entertainment, music, books, uh, movies, um, just things that have moved your heart towards inspiration, hope, light, anything that comes to mind right away? Um, so recently just been being able to connect on Zoom meetings um, with mm some brothers in Christ. And so it's not so much like for me, books, you know, I'm not a big reader, um, like TV shows, not, not so much, but like, if I can connect with people, like that's really where I I thrive and love um, to do, you know, just talk, talk to people about things. And so that, that's been super encouraging. Um, Literally, we just have, I have three or four guys that I meet on Zoom and uh, mm. they pick a topic and we just dive into scripture and, uh, wow. re, you know, each one of us comes with, okay, what did God teach you on this uh, particular topic? You know, what verses did they come up with? And it's just, it's so encouraging because, um you know, to watch the Holy Spirit work in that and how the Holy Spirit is speaking the same thing. And uh, even though we're not around each other, we're not physically talking or reading scripture together. Um, but the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us um, and and highlights different uh, verses in scripture. And so when we're talking about it, they're like, oh yeah, I got that verse too, or I got that verse too. And so I I'm really motivated and inspired by watching other people grow, watching, um, watching other people succeed in things. Um, I just, I just get, I love that. I love 
watching people figure it out. I love watching people get inspired, getting motivated, getting encouraged. Um, I think at the end of the day, one thing the Lord's just been really telling me is that I'm an encourager and I'm just, uh, I've been Mm. loving that. Um, And just so, so whatever, I mean, what, however the Lord is speaking to you guys, you know, like I would just make sure you're embracing those characteristics that the Lord is um, revealing to you and um, who, you know, he's, he's called each person uniquely and it's, we need each person. And that's what I love about God mm. and how he's, he's created. So each person so uniquely and we need every single person and we need the characteristics that you have and we need, need the calling right. that God has placed in your life. Um, we need mm. you here. Um, right. We don't need everybody to be the exact same doing. Yeah, the exact and same I think thing. that's, but we need to be on yeah, mission together. I think it's so beautiful. Um, it just paints a beautiful picture of our creator and how creative he is. It's just right. amazing. Wow. So, infinite, yep. infinite. That's amazing. Well, any, any specific song come to mind? I play a song at the uh, outro of every episode. Yeah, that, is there any song that's been specifically? Goodness you? of God. That one has just been on repeat in our house. Um, right. For a long time. It's one yeah. of my favorites. One of my favorites. Absolutely one of my favorites. Yep. So that's just been so good yeah. right now. Um, there's a lot of biblical truth in there. And, uh, you know, just promises and thing, declarations that we need to be um, just declaring uh, in our own lives right. and, um, about God and who he is. And, um. So yeah, I would encourage people to to listen to that one too. So awesome. Praise God, brother. All right, Chase. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. And I can't wait to connect with you. All right, love you. We'll talk to you later. Love everybody right. on the podcast too. Hi everyone. Thank you again so much for listening to the conversation with Chase Ward. I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you are able to ask yourself some great questions this week and thinking about how you can apply some of the things that you felt convicted by in this conversation. I hope that if you have any questions, you will reach out to me. You can send me an email at tlgenetwork at gmail.com and I'd be happy to get back to you with any questions or sit down and have coffee together and and as we mentioned, you know, Chase would love to be able to sit down with you as well. You can reach him through Instagram. And so bless you where you are. I hope you have a great week. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a good day. This week's outro song is by Bethel Music and Jen Johnson. It's called The Goodness of God.
Surrender. 